Uh, last week I, I started and I said I didn't know if this was going to be a series or if it was just going to be one sermon. Uh, what I know today is this series is at least two sermons. That's all I know right now. Uh, but we still are going to talk about uh, this idea of seasons. Uh, and we're going to start probably in, in the same spot that we started last week. Candidly, uh, sometimes when, when things get in me, I don't let them go very quickly. I've preached or I've shared in like four different services, uh, last Sunday included in that and this Sunday. And I've read these words in each service. It doesn't mean this is the only part of the Bible that I've read like recently, but it's really what is compelling me right now. It's really something that is in my spirit um, that I want us to look at. Better find my clicker. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather, then a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to search and a time to give up and a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Last week we talked about the reality of life is seasons. That as we go through this life, we have an, uh, the understanding. Solomon wrote these words in all of his wisdom. He's saying, hey, looking back, this is in the latter years of his life, there's going to be times for everything in your life. There's going to be seasons that come. And, and as we looked at these words last week, what we saw in them, what we understood through them was that in the spite of these seasons, they will come. Uh, Solomon taught us that God is in control. Sometimes it's through the seasons that we question the sovereignty of God. Sometimes in the bad seasons, sometimes in the rough times, we start to question whether God's really in control of it all. And so for us, the instruction last week in our seasons was that we should find God in the midst of our season and we should trust him with where we're at. That's kind of what we looked at last week. This week, I want to go back to a book that we've already spent a lot of time in previously as well. Uh, the book of Galatians, I preached a series of uh, uh, sermons on questions from Paul in this book. Here's some more verses in this book. I specifically had to use uh, the New King James. Thank you, Walt. Uh, this will connect better with him. Uh, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For a person, for whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap, will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not become discouraged in doing good. For in due time or in due season, it says, we will reap if we do not become weary. So then while we have every opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those who are of the household of faith. Today I want to look at the idea of, of due seasons. That verse that's kind of hard to read, I probably shouldn't use black on that background again if I use these sermons uh, or if I use these backgrounds, but so uh, he said, let's not become discouraged in doing good for in due season or in due time we will reap and i want to talk about due seasons and i'm not just talking about like in the fall when 
there's water on the grass in Kentucky. That was every time. It was, you know, you went outside, there was dew in the grass. But I want to talk today about dew seasons. Other translations of this same uh, verse says, at just the right time, or at the proper time, or in due time. Like, what does it mean for us that, that Paul is writing this, he's saying to these people, you sow and you reap accordingly, and in due season, what does that mean? Rosemarie, we were, what, we were questioning a word this morning in Sunday school. She asked us to look at Merriam-Webster. So Rosemarie, in my notes, I have Merriam-Webster on this. So it's going to get covered. So she's going to be all right today. Due is an expected, or expected at or planned for at a certain time. Season was the time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. So an expected or planned for time. A due season is a time that is expected and or a planned for time. You know what's interesting to me as I looked at this word in Greek that was translated um, in several different places in Scripture there's only a couple places where it actually translated as do, like this D-U-E word. Most often, this word is translated kind of as my own time. It's the idea of ownership. The definition, uh, if, I, if I can find it in my notes, it means one's own distinct, one's own belonging to one, private, personal, one's own people, one's own family, one's own home, one's own Property. That's how we see this word used throughout Scripture. Last week we said that seasons are appointed times of God. I want to tell you that this morning what stirs me, what excites me, is God has an appointed season that is expected or planned for you. Not just the one you're living in now, but the one you're preparing for tomorrow. You see, we get it, right, Savannah? You've got a due date. I remember. I remember going to the hospital when they told me there was an expected or planned in our life for the next three times where my life was about to change. The season was about to be different. It was coming whether I was ready for it or not. But guess what? I was a pretty significant part in getting to this season, right? When I'm in college right now, my professor will give me what? A due date for an assignment. What does that mean? I can work as hard as I want or as little as I want, up until the point the paper is due. Now, today's day and age, for whatever reason, due dates are flexible, and we give people like 16 weeks to turn it in as long as they don't we're happy. But that's besides the point. The understanding of a due date was you did what you did up until that point, you turned your paper in, and you lived with the results after that. Isn't that really what Paul's saying in the book of Galatians? If I go back, sorry, to that. A person sows for whatever he sows, he will reap. The one who sows to fill his flesh will reap destruction, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do you see like there's a condition, like what you do? You know, I think sometimes when we think about seasons, we think about times that are out of our control. 
We read Ecclesiastes and we think that there's so much coming that I don't have control of. Times to mourn and times to laugh and times to be born and times to die. There's seasons we have no control of. But what I see in what Paul is writing is there is an expected or planned for season that you have ownership of. Kind of like a cause and effect. If I don't do my best on my assignment... What should I expect? To be angry at my professor because they didn't grade me the right way. Right? Because I'm that guy. My wife's that girl. The nights we spend talking about our professors, not judging our work appropriately, and wanting to call them up and tell them. Because what we put into it The message I want to speak, the message that's stirring in me this morning when it comes to season is that what you're doing today is declaring what's coming tomorrow. Do you see that in what he's saying? It's kind of like if-then statements. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I love those kind of things because I know that my input, if I put these two things in, my output is always going to be, it's going to be a constant. I like constants. I like, I like scientific mathematical formulas that they, they make complete sense to me. And what I'm preaching this morning is I believe there's some scriptures we're going to look at that God shows us that in the moment we are today, we can take ownership of what we can expect tomorrow by what we put in. Well, what am I talking about? 1 Kings chapter 9. This is a word to Solomon. Remember, Solomon is the one who wrote Ecclesiastes. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprightness as David your father did and do all I command and observe all my decrees, I, this is God talking, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever as I promised David your father when I said you shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. What was the condition? What was the today moment for Solomon in these verses? What does he have to do? We can talk now. We're going to have several of these. Follow the dolls. Follow the decrees. What else does he have to do? Walk faithfully. Walk with integrity of heart. Do and obey, right? So the if-then in this season to Solomon is there's a due season for him. What was the due season to come? The due season was that your heir would be on the throne forever. There will constantly be an heir to you on the throne of Israel forever. Right? But there was something in the moment Solomon was living that he needed to take ownership of. If you walk with integrity, if you walk faithfully, If you obey my commands, then you can expect what is to come. Remember Galatians chapter chapter 6. Continually keep on doing good. That was the condition, right? If you keep on doing good, then what can you expect? A harvest. 
That was what the if then, that was the due season that was coming. I like these ideas because for me it makes sense. So if I walk faithfully, if I obey God's commands, I can expect a good season to come. Joshua chapter 1, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left. Do not turn from it to the right or the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. What was the condition? Don't turn from the law, right? And what's the the due season? What's expected? Being successful wherever we go. I I like that. That's a good thing to look forward to. I want to expect that, huh? I, I, I can receive that. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The if, if you live in the word of God, if you make the word of God a very part of your being, if you spend time in the word of God, if you meditate on it, if you're intentional about the word of God, if you're careful to obey what his word says, then the due season for your life is what? Success and prosperity. I like that. I want that season. If then statements in Scripture. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, most of us will recognize this next verse. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be opened, my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. What is the condition? What is the now moment? God's people humble themselves and pray. What else do we got to do? Seek His face? Turn from wicked ways? And what can we expect? going to heal our land and he's going to forgive our sins it's quite a due season that's quite an expectation you see last week we talked about seasons being a revelation of the reality that god is sovereign that god is in control if god is sovereign and he is in control and he makes me a promise my confidence should be in the fulfillment of that promise If I genuinely believe God is sovereign and he's spoken to me, if my people will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, that I'm going to do this, what am I living in? The due season that's coming is what God has promised me. But we don't live with an expectation of the due season. Or maybe we do. We'll get to that. 2 Corinthians 9, it sounds very similar. Remember this who so sparingly will also reap sparingly, and who so generously will also reap generously. You see, sometimes now when I'm talking about due seasons, we're all getting excited because most of these have been good things. God's healing the land, and, and he's, he's, um, 
he's, he's making us prosperous and successful. He's, he's allowing our inheritance to be a legacy that goes on for eternity. But what is he saying here? In your season, what I just said before, what you're doing today is preparing for your tomorrow. The way you own how you're living today is determining what is coming tomorrow. If you sow sparingly, you better have some friends who, re- who sow generously, right? It's going to be a challenging winter. Huh? If you sow generously, what? You're going to have lots of friends who sow sparingly and you're going to get to bless a lot of people. Why? Because there's a due season that's coming. And that season is what is expected or planned for. And it's you that's expecting it or planning for it. And you're doing that by the way you're acting. And you're doing that by what you're doing. You're doing that by the way you obey. You're doing that by the way you trust. You're doing that by the way you meditate. This one's a little harder to see. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we're at home, in the body, or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is... There's a due season. There's a due season coming. So that each of us must receive what is due for the things done while in the body. What does he say? Whether good or bad. The way you're living right now. Is showing what you expect. The way you're carrying yourself today is revealing your expectation for tomorrow. I remember when I was a youth pastor. You know, youth pastors, we all have great ideas. I saw, never mind, that's too political. I won't share it. There was a really good meme I saw about youth pastors, but you'll have to ask me later. Um, that, was, that was God protecting my mouth. I normally don't do that. It normally comes out, and then I feel bad for doing it. So just recognize that moment. That was a miracle by God. When I was a youth pastor, I had this great idea one year that as kids we were going to show this sowing principle. And so we had a, a little bit of land and, and there was this little area. And so we got the tiller out and we sowed. We were going to have a garden. And so then in the fall we were going to have this party. We were going to have a harvest. Everything was going to be great. The kids were excited. They worked. They tilled. We put seeds in the ground. We got it ready to go. And life happened. And, you know, I, I was watching this garden and I was very intentional that it wasn't going to be my project, but it was our project. And the kids decided to ignore the garden from spring until fall. They never paid attention to it. They never went down and pulled a weed. They never made sure the, the plants were okay. They never made sure to water. I mean, literally ignored it completely. And so as a youth pastor, I'm thinking, man, I have failed completely. I thought this was a God idea, but we're going to show the, the fruit of our labor. Because remember what I said, oftentimes we associate due seasons with good seasons. 
And so come fall, the Lord stirred in me. He said, hey, remember that garden? I said, well, there's not much left. It's more like weeds. He said, I want you to preach about that again. And so that Tuesday night, because that's when we did youth, we went down to the garden and we looked at what we expected and planned for. Do you know what we saw? Weeds and work. We saw toil and hardship. Why? Because the way we lived prepared us for our due season. I promise you there was no fruit that came out of that garden. Not one piece of fruit. There was no harvest in that garden. Because the way we're living today is showing what's coming in our due season. So, I have a question. Probably should look at my notes. John chapter 4. This was Jesus. Don't you have a saying? It's four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They're ripe for the harvest. And I understand this is an implication of his people. I understand this is a kingdom implication. But I just want to ask you for a moment to open your eyes. And what do you see for the season that's coming? You know, someone doesn't have to tell me it's fall season. Why? Because I can feel it, right? The mornings are getting pretty crisp. And I can see it. Why? Because the leaves are changing. They all turn yellow here. I missed my reds and oranges, but, but that's besides the point. I can taste it, right? We had a table in the back for people to bring their, their fruits, their harvest, so that we can share. It's something that we can know. I believe for you, you have an expectation or an understanding of what is coming. And so my question is, what is the due season that's coming for you? And I will tell you, if you're worried about the season that's coming, today is the day to do something about that. If you're excited about the season that's coming, then today is the day to keep on doing good. You know, I was thinking, as it was in worship, the Lord kind of downloaded it on me. Uh, remember the story in, in Joshua chapter 6 of Jericho. And God speaks that he's going to do what? That the people can expect what? Jericho, right? That's the idea. The people can have an expectation uh, of capturing Jericho. That's God's. He's going to give it to them. But he gives them some instructions for his, that season. And those instructions were what? For seven days, you guys are going to go march around this, this city. On the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. On the seventh time around, we're going to give a shout, and God's going to give you what he promised. Can you imagine the people of God? Can you imagine where that falls in the Old Testament if about day six they stop doing If somewhere along the way they said, this is foolishness, it doesn't make sense, why did they get up on the seventh day? Because they had an expectation of a due season. Why did they march around seven times this time? Because they knew that God was planning something. Why? I mean, of all the things to do, We're all going to pick up rocks as we walk around this city. I mean, that's what I'd expect. We're going to, we're going to take this city for, for the Lord. We're going to fulfill His promises in this. 
And the instruction was that on the seventh time, I'm just going to say shout. And I just want everybody to scream. Why in the world did Israel scream on the seventh time when the walls were there? Because they believed God was in control. They found him and they heard from him. They trusted him and obeyed him. What happened? Everything that God promised happened. Everything he said would happen came to pass. Because the people of God followed him in the season before the due season. The people of God showed expectation. The people of God showed anticipation of what God was going to reveal. I'm telling you, it would have been awfully weird for me to scream at walls. But I might have heard Walt and Jason screaming, so I screamed with them. You know what I mean? Like, that's me sometimes. Like, I don't know. But I will tell you, the way you're living today shows what you're expecting for tomorrow. The Word of God is true. He says that every one of us will stand before Him. We will all give an account for the good things and the bad things we have done. There's a due season coming for every one of us. If you don't want to think about it today, I will promise you there's one for eternity. If my people will humble themselves and pray. My people will seek my face. If my people will turn from their wicked ways, if my people will listen to my voice, if my people will meditate on the Word of God, if my people will make the Word of God a very part of their core being, if my people will continue to listen to me and follow my commands, if my people will continue to do good, there will be a season of harvest. He hasn't come forward. I think if we can continue with the song we just did, I would love that. I will. In just a second. Let me finish what I'm doing and then we'll pray for Israel. In expectation. How do I have expectation for what God will do in Israel? Because of what I've seen Him do in Israel. Now that I pause, let me get back to my thought. What was compelling, what stood out to me as I looked at that word do throughout Scripture was the idea of my ownership. Of my place. When I looked at the the seasons I expect and when I look at the seasons that are coming, I've recognized that what I'm doing, that where I'm at, showing what I believe is coming.
do. I get it. God's in control. He's sovereign. It's Him who made the promise. But it's what we do. We can sow sparingly. Promise. We're going to read sparingly. We can keep on doing good. We can continue in our wicked ways. We can say that it doesn't matter because I'm going to do this the way I want to do it. I understand better. We can continue to do things how we think should be done. We can ignore the Word of God and we can neglect His Word that has made flesh. The Word of God has been made flesh and He made His dwelling among us. That's the revelation, the glory of God who appeared to us in Jesus Christ. We can have relationship with Him. We can talk to Him. We can get in the Word of God. We can live in the Word of God. And then we can expect the promises of God. It's what you do with what He's promised. It's what you do with what He expects. I'm going to pray. We'll pray for Israel first and we'll pray for this message. Father, we do stand in confidence today. Knowing God who you are and knowing all that can be accomplished. Lord, we've seen what you've done in Israel. We've seen the way God, the hand of God has been mightily demonstrated. Anytime, God, there's war, we pray for peace in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask for those who are making decisions, Lord, that you would, you would, you would move incredibly in their lives. Lord, we pray for missiles to fall. We ask that, that all things would be well, that the glory of God, I pray, God, that through this moment, a revelation of Yahweh comes. A revelation of the God of Israel, who is the God that we serve, would be revealed that many or all would see. God, for us this morning, that question from John chapter 4, when we lift up our eyes, What season do we see? The words in Corinthians, they may make us nervous about giving an account for for the good and the bad. The thoughts of sowing sparingly, God, and recognizing maybe that's the way we've been living. What I love is the promise of Jesus Christ that therefore we can be made a new creation in Him. What was can be erased and we can start today planning for our tomorrow, our due season that's coming. Pray we own. We take ownership. We recognize our place in accordance with you for what is coming. God, if there's some that just need to keep on doing good, strengthen and encourage them. There's some who have been weary and, and, they're, and they're wondering, God, I pray that today would be a reminder that, of that promise, that even right now you would remind them of that promise 
that you gave them for the season to come of the due season the proper time the expected time and God I pray that we could live accordingly to what we expect in Jesus name Amen. I ask them to sing the same song because the song isn't just about our lives, but it's about lives of those who are around us. And I believe the expectation in which you live today doesn't just affect you, but it affects others. And my encouragement this morning is, is that you can take some time, that you can lift up your eyes and you can look around you. And if there's a promise that God has reminded you of, if there's a promise that you need to cling to for someone's life, if there's, a, if there's a loved one who you know needs a due season, the revelation of Jesus Christ, if there's something in you where you need a breakthrough, if there's something in you that you've been waiting for, listen for His voice. You might say, meditate. You might say, turn. He might say, obey. He might just say, just keep on. But listen to God in what He says and let your expectation, the way you're living, the way you're carrying yourself, what you're doing, be in alignment with what's coming. If He says to walk seven times, then walk seven times. If He says to shout, then shout. If He says to say, then say. If He says to speak, then speak. I want to say if He says to be quiet, then be quiet. You know what I mean? Like, there's a season. An expected season. A promised season. From the one who is sovereign. I'll be here as a pastor if this is stirred in you, something you want to pray for. I'll pray with you. If you want to spend time where you're at, that's fine. If you want to spend time just at the altar, I believe there's new seasons. we can take ownership of. There's a due season coming, amen? You know, I was thinking of Noah in prayer. He had a long time of obedience. And I want to say to someone, it's about to rain. I want to say to someone that you've been doing good for, the harvest is about to come. So keep on doing good. Keep on living in expectation. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you live knowing what's due. Amen? Be blessed.